Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is the best of two pros and a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So how the hell are we feeling here on a Thursday morning, huh? Tired. Yeah? True. Oh, why so tired, man? You getting ready for the, you know, the, the mascot? Spirit, huh? The mascot is here. Hell yeah. Oh, what? He just got here like 30, 40 minutes ago. Yeah, when you said when you said that time yesterday, I was like, ah, it's gonna be later than that. Yeah, because of the rain, rain and weather, you know, got caught up in traffic. But shout out to Sky, shout out to Savage Kingdom, uh, Borbles, uh, got oh, got nice. Mr. Sticks in Borbles? this morning. Yeah, dude, I didn't realize you had a Borble. I couldn't tell what that was. A Borble. Yeah, yeah, those are bad a dogs, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I can't, I can't say, you know. You can't say badass. Includes ass because yeah, apparently I, I got get, you. I get dumped. Yeah. You can't say badass, badass dog. There you go. Well, you guys can't. I get dumped every time I say. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you have a different rule book than the rest of us. You know. Yeah. You know what's troublesome? No radio rule book. You know what's troublesome about that is like you make one honest critical comment on a Minnesota Iowa punt return, and you're just never forgiven for it. You know what I mean? You can't say yeah. ass. In I don't the think air. you guys know how to use ass. That's just the thing. Okay. There's what certain you ass mean? you can use. <laughs> you should be careful how you say that next time, by the way. Yeah. What do you mean? You should be dumb for that, Sam. Yeah, uh, Sam. Jeez. I'm just saying. You can say badass. It's fine. I can't say badass. Dude, yeah, tell people how big this dog's going to get. Well, he's already 19 pounds at seven weeks. So if that gives you any idea, if you have any indicator, but okay. he, he could get up to 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he could get up to 200. Dude, yeah. these dogs are massive. Yeah, yeah. Like I have always wanted to, I, I don't think I can talk my wife into getting one just because she'd feel like it would just take over the family if I wasn't there. But <laughs> man, I have, I swear, I love dogs. So we, yeah, I've, I've always had boxers, but man, we, we, I've had, you know, English bulldogs, rescued one, other stuff, the yeah. best things in the world. Are we are we allowed to include that by the way in the uh like are we allowed to say like what the mascot is? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. What have, have the, has the fam seen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They just they yeah yeah okay. they just so, everybody just went to sleep. They have finals tomorrow. Go figure. But everybody just went went to bed. So and total surprise, nobody knew nothing. Well, you know, Daddy always comes through, and you know, losing Dresser was tremendous blow. Which he was an American bully, so he was a big dude too. Um, but love of our lives, man. And so we lost him. Uh, what maybe two weeks ago or something? Some last last Saturday, Saturday before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they had an idea. I don't think they believed it because I was really, you know, they could see how hurt I was by us losing dress. But, um, yeah, I, th- I got them, though. I definitely got, like, uh, Layla. Layla started, well, both my daughters, well, all three of them, all three of them started crying. So it, it, that's the greatest feeling, right? You deliver something that, that you know, kind of touches their emotional uh, cords and stuff like that. So it was, it was a real cool experience. You know, if it, when you talked about the price of it, yeah. yeah. Technically, like, dollar per pound, it's actually probably a pretty good deal, you know? I, I mean, cute. Some of these he, people be getting these little, little small things. Like, if Jonas got a dog, it might be like one of those small little things. Them little furry, uh, uh, little fur, Frenchies. Frenchies. Yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd be carrying around with them, too, you know? Like, you, you, yeah. you know better than that. Look yeah. at my, look, sit on my lap. You know? <laughs> my, my, dog, my dog was Latimer from the program. Yeah. Like, all I did was gas Stop. him up. You Stop, had a mastiff. Dude. You had mastiffs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've had two. Yeah, years yeah. ago. Can't get a dog now, though. No, I can't. No, so like, can't get get listen, all respect to anybody that like Lavar. They're in a tough time. I get it. I just personally didn't feel right about it. I felt like I was just replacing all those memories with something else, and I didn't feel yeah, right. That's about exactly it. what you're doing. That. <laughs> that's exactly that. You know, I felt guilty too, but you know what? Hey, listen. If if you're going to replace the the memories with new ones and 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 give them a cool little experience, which if I was by myself, maybe I would treat it like kind of how you're looking at it. But to see a, a, a eight year old little girl like just lose it, and she's never had a puppy. So so my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's never had a puppy because when she came along, you know, the the dogs were already full grown dogs. So this is her first time having the responsibility of and and being able to bond with a puppy. So it's there's new memories, right? It can't be the same exact memories that they were with the old dog. I'm not replacing them, but to see the new memories connected to what what this brings to the house is pretty it's pretty cool, man. Plus, you, it's the, pretty cool. The part the portion of the story that got me is the little one that's losing her first pet. Anybody that's ever lost their first when you're a kid, yeah. you can't comprehend what the hell's going on. It's just yeah. so that's it, no more. Like, and it just uh, it's pretty devastating. So it it's is. cool, you know. They're gonna have for the holidays. You know, yeah. put a nice little Santa, Santa hat on him. Get them all. Uh, start feeding them ribeyes. That thing will be two eighty by March. About two two eighty. Oh, God. Woof. Yeah. Take him to the gym with you. He doesn't have thumbs, but he can probably still do power cleans because he's he got probably so much can. mass. Yeah, he probably can. Good for him. He's well. pretty cool, man. Mr. Sticks is, is the real deal. He is <laughs> he, as advertised. The, I, again, I didn't know you got a bourbon. <laughs> yeah. So. 
That is the real deal. <laughs> By the way, a borble, I mean, is, a borble is a mastiff, isn't it? It's a mastiff. Yes, it's, it's a South, South African, African mastiff. Yeah, yeah. Like it used to be used for like guard dogs on massive estates, or um, yeah. I, I want to say like in, in big game hunting. <laughs> That's it's, right. It's trust me. I, I, again, these I love big dogs. Like that thing. That is as awesome of a breed as you'll find. Yeah. So, so well done. Kudos. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah. great. Um, perfect, perfect for Mr. Sticks. That Mr. is perfect. Sticks. Mr. Yeah. Sticks yeah. could go play right now at Happy Valley and mess some people up. <laughs> we'll probably make an appearance at the, this upcoming White Out or, or Blue White game. You know, we'll, we'll make our appearance. He's going to oh, come yeah. onto the scene, burst onto the scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good, good neck, good everything. How good the hell are you going to fly him, dude? I don't know. I'm gonna make him a service dog. I'll just, just you know, I'll buy him a seat. You get a whole row for his, his yeah, big you ass. Know, I have to send Trish to another seat. You know what I mean? He'll, uh-huh. he'll sit with me. <laughs> you can go sit and coach. You can go sit and exit row, babe. Um, it's gonna be me and my man right here, Mr. Sticks. You know. Well, yeah. listen. Uh, that's a feel-good story. Everybody's yep. happy with the Arringtons and in the household. The Borbles <laughs> happy. Mr. Yep. Sticks is happy. Yep. Yep. Uh, and you know what? You know who else is happy? Who's Tua, happy? Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. He's happy. Oh, yeah. And you want to know why? Because he doesn't have an ego, mm. and because he doesn't sit there and listen to all the negative Nancys out there, all the naysayers out there trying to tell him that, oh, well, you're just a product of the system. You're only as good as all the pieces around you, so on and so forth. Some of the same crap we've heard with Brock Purdy and Tua spoke about that recently. I keep receipts. We all we all have 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 a way of how we do things, but like all the narratives about it, I am yeah, sure. I am only good with Tyreek and I that you're right. I am that is the only time I'm at my best. Um, you're right. I'm only good when Jalen's in. I, 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 I could care less about it. Like, sure. Uh, if Jalen and those guys are not, like, I'm only as good as Raheem Mostert allows me to be. Like, that's, that's what the narrative needs to be. And we're able to win games and we're able to go where we want to go as a team. I am the worst football player, if that's what you want. Like, I don't care. Like, I really don't. Good for him. Mm. It's about time somebody uh, doesn't get too worked up over all the the hate out there and all that stuff. He may keep receipts, but at least he's not keeping negative energy surrounding it. And anybody arguing that he's had everything handed to him, go back and look at the way Brian Flores handled him his rookie season. All right, it's not like if anybody could speak on what it's like to have a bunch of help and a bunch of things around you and to not have a whole lot of support, it's to uh so just another reason why he's deserving of all the success he's got, why he's been in the MVP conversation and probably going to see a payday at the end of the season mm. if things go well. I think it's interesting how, you know, again, if you look at like decades ago, it, you didn't have to really talk about criticism quite as much because usually you weren't seeing it until the next day, right? Like you would see people who are critical, but it was usually someone who was actually, you know, talking to you after the game, writing in a newspaper, and it would come out the next day. Since the internet, since social media, there's almost like that natural reaction, and there's going to be that immediate criticism. After anything, a game, practice, training camp, all that, he has, for whatever reason, been criticized by analysts on TV, by you know people in the media, by people outside the media, and questioned like for his entire career to a degree, even at Alabama, you know, with the uh, the different injuries that he sustained, and I just I've never understood it. 
I've I've always thought um, this young man has gone out and played through a ton of injuries. He's been a warrior. People tend to forget, like he got a tightrope to come back and play against LSU, the arguably one of the greatest offenses, maybe the greatest in college football history. Then LSU team that won the national championship that year. He came back in what two weeks, three weeks to go play that game. And he was 100% healthy, you could tell. And he was going throw for throw with Burrow. Throw for throw. And, like, I, I never have understood the, the criticism that has come along with it. And he gets to Miami, and Brian Flores jerks him in, jerks him out, jerks him I mean, look, say whatever you want about, you know, however, who selected him, how he was drafted, everything else. He has been, I, I would say, exactly what Miami would have hoped for. The thing that is tough for two is, as a player, you always hope for a coach like Mike McDaniel. And they, he finally has found him. It, unfortunately, he had to go through a rough patch with Flores. But, I mean, look, he, he's taken advantage of, of everything that's around him, playing with, in a great system, and he's flourishing. And good for him. So I, 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 just, I think it's interesting now, though, the mindset of, of young people is, you know, you, that has to be part of it. Like, keeping receipts has to be part of the mental makeup of, of your motivation and I think it's not just two. A lot of guys probably do it. And it's just it's interesting because I, I do think if you uh, buy into it too much, and this is probably the best thing to take away from what he said is, you know, he doesn't care because you can't allow it to impact you. You can use it to motivate you, I guess, to mm-hmm. a degree, but you can't allow it to impact how you ultimately are feeling about yourself when it's all said and done. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been watching the whole heart knocks um and it's interesting because it gives you – this one has actually been pretty entertaining to me because you get a chance to kind of get to know this this Dolphins group. And and what I have kind of taken in is like kind of a organic type deal. Like, you know, Mike Daniel saying that, you know, we're going to be who we are. Like, we're not going to change who we are. We got to have this these cameras fine. We're going to do it. And the one thing that I noticed that jumped out very quickly is – Mike Daniel really has sold this group and and Tua in particular um, has sold them on the belief in who they are and what their capabilities are. And while some might look at that and say, well, isn't that what a coach is supposed to do? Some would argue that that's not what a coach is supposed to do. A coach is supposed to coach you hard, teach you the the schemes, teach you what the fundamentals look like. But the, the whole feelings of it aren't really a part of it. Mike Daniel has really, really given this dude wind in his wings and how he feels about himself and how they approach the the week and how they approach the practices, be gassing them up. And you can see it coming out in the way that Tua communicated and the way the other players communicated when they were in their, their interviews. So, it, you know, I give a lot of credit to how Tua's playing. We we know he can play from, like you mentioned, the, the things that he did at Alabama. But to see how he has kind of come, you know, full circle in, in the sense that he looks like he's a quarterback that can lead this team to the next level from where they have been, I think it's a lot to do with the culture and the belief of, of the, the head coach and and the players that he has. And I think that's been a tremendous difference, not only for Tua, but for the entire team. Yeah, it just felt like there was always a knock. Well, you know, he can't stay healthy. It's like, okay. And then we do the comp game, the Herbert, Burrow, all that. Well, you know, they they took him in front of Herbert. It's like, well, look, I mean, last I checked, Burrow's 
out with an injury. Herbert's out with an injury. They don't seem to get as, as much of the criticism as Brady pointed out as Tua got. Like it's 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 odd how we pick and choose who to go after and who to not go after. It's just weird. I don't know if that's some remnants of you know Brian Flores and the way he was felt they felt about him afterwards. But listen, they uh, the the Dolphins are a fun team. Tua's with uh, Tyree Kill and, and all those guys. Like, there's a lot of weapons there, a lot of pieces around them, and now we get to see how this plays out. And maybe they'll be hosting a could be fins to the left, fins to the right, and a home yeah. playoff game <laughs> coming up in the, that in the, the way, playoffs. Mike Daniel was wearing off-white Nikes in a game. Did y'all did y'all see that? Yeah, like dude is is not playing around. Like his aviators are are. Name brand. He wears Lululemon pants and wears yeah. off-white Nikes on the sideline. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. I, I do want to ask this question though: Is the preseason training camp version of Hard Knocks kind of dead in your mind? Because I feel like the in-season version of this is better, right? Yes, because yeah. if this is all like the, the whole buildup of training camp, it used to be all about the cut and making the team and the intensity to it. Now it's it's you know teams don't want to show the reality of that or maybe even like front offices general managers head coaches don't want to be looked at a ba- as a bad guy or how it actually goes behind closed doors so you don't get those tough conversations the emotional conversations and now it transitions to this where it's like well this wouldn't people work. actually want to be behind closed doors for the reality of what the NFL season is it seems like and if you find a coach like Mike McDaniel's who can like embrace it you know. Then it's it's a whole different it's a whole different story. It's a whole more dramatic effect to it. Like I I would say, you guys seem like you like it best. I, I've I've enjoyed watching some of it. I think everyone I talk to likes it better. I mean, is, is this almost like the uh, the end of Hard Knocks? At least as we used to know it, as far as training camp. I, I haven't watched one single second of the in season. Not I really. have, and it definitely hits different. I, I have. It takes, it's, it takes you into the game. It's a lot. It's a lot better. Yeah, it's it takes you into the product. game, and then you're able to hear the way. Like I thought, it was like interesting, like little things, like the referees talking to Tua, saying, and "I'm glad you're healthy. Like we need you." Like I'm like, what? What is the ref saying? We need you for like, you know what I mean? Like, but just getting mm. an opportunity to to Suspect. hear. Huh? That's no, awesome. The refs, the refs have conversations like that. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it just you, you know. Thing. To, to 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 hear it like the interaction like huh that's what the ref said to him like you know what I mean like just just seeing getting that behind the scenes feel and that look of it how like the one part where Mike McDaniel got kicked in the in the in the in the part and and got his shoulder cut by by a cleat. And he had to act like it didn't hurt, but he's on the sideline. Like, man, this dude just kicked me in my D and, and cleated my shoulder. <laughs> like, I, I got to act like it doesn't hurt, but it hurts like hell. <laughs> like, it just – it. I'm an instant fan. I wasn't like – I was really ready to, like, record it and send it to you guys. Instant fan of this Dolphins team, man. Yeah. It's a much better. It'd be like getting a boar ball versus getting a small little dog like Jonas. Mm, would get. Yeah, it's, that, that's the difference. Yeah, it's a great. I'm point. excited about Mr. Sticks, man. God, yeah. Damn. I was like, yeah. You know, yeah. Brady's a real heartless guy when it comes to this stuff. You know that? That'd be ten dollars. No, I mean he really is. Like when I first time I told him a story uh, about my dog passing away, he was like, mm-hmm. "Listen, man, I got you. Like uh, that. That's rough. We've all been there." And two days later. Via FedEx, there was a package that arrived at the door, and it said a little something for your loss, and it was a shovel with a dog chain on it. 
And mm. I just thought that was insulting. I thought it was rude. And I thought it brought up a lot of bad memories. So the mm. fact that he's going to go there and attack me and say that I'm getting some bite-sized dog as opposed to the Mastiff, the 180-pound stacked and jacked. It gets bigger every Mastiff. single time he talks about Listen, it. Listen, you keep it up, it'll be 195 <laughs> by hour three. Okay? Yeah. Not messing around well, here anymore. That 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 dog, you know, that weight keeps getting bigger because it's full of crap, like the crap you pump up. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Like right now. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros. That's HIMS.com slash two pros for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash two pros. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. So we've talked about the issues for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was once, and it seems like a long time ago, that it was Matt Canada. Like there was, uh, there were some issues there. He is now gone. Now it's and, Mitch Trubisky. Well, and then you know he got benched. Now it's Mason yeah. Rudolph. Uh, just there, there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of subpar performances going on on offense. Uh, the latest to be called out is George Pickens, the very talented wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who has had a couple of issues pop up, whether it was on social media or getting visibly frustrated during games, whatever the case may be. But George Pickens was called out for not blocking on a run play for Jalen Warren this past weekend at Indianapolis. When he was asked about it afterwards, he said that he was trying to avoid injury because he didn't want to get rolled up on. (laughs) So, uh, which is fair. um, But apparently, according to interim offensive coordinator Eddie Faulkner, he was called out in front of the team for it. Uh, Jalen Warren spoke about it as well, too, and said, hey, I would probably have blocked for him, but people do things differently. So, of course, Mike Tomlin, as the trickle-down effect continues to take place, it all rolls downhill and it lands on Mike Tomlin, who had to speak about it yesterday with the media. George is a, is a talented guy, um, but he's growing and growing in a lot of ways uh, in regards to football and life. We don't run away from that. We run to that organizationally. When we draft guys, we're committed to being a component of their growth and development in all areas. Um, As I mentioned earlier this week, um, he is very much a work in progress. Um, It's not going to be one incident or or one meeting or one form of discipline uh, that's going to institute the type of change that we're hunting, to be quite honest with you. It is going to be continual. He is aware of that. Um, I would like him to be more professional in terms of addressing some of his shortcomings with you guys um, to, to further add fluidity to the process. He's not helping himself. He's not helping the process um, in the manner in which he's dealt with you guys. Um, But the manner in which he deals with you guys is not necessarily the manner in which he deals with us or himself regarding acknowledging where he is and where he needs to go. Man, I'm going to miss Mike Tomlin when he decides to go do media or something. You're going to miss it? You, yeah. You're putting, the, you putting dirt on him Well, no, already? I'm just saying, like, when he decides, hey, I'm done with this coaching thing, like, are, would you ever get an answer like that from anybody else in the league? Just kind of let's, let's it matter of fact, here you go. This is how I feel about it. This is what I don't like about it. Uh, but we're also not giving up on him. Like, everything, it's total transparency. It makes a lot of sense. 
and George Pickens will be in the lineup for the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend against Cincinnati. There were some people that said, you know, should he be punished for it? Apparently that's not going to be the case. Hmm. So, hey, what's I'll, up, I'll, Sticks? I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this. And in, in, in assessing what he had to say about Pickens, it, it sounds as though it sounds as though he Pickens needs to to and in some ways in some regards take take ownership over over some of the things that are are taking place as it applies to him and 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 it almost comes across as Mike Tomlin is trying to say in a way that isn't damaging to Pickens that he needs to be more aware of of how he's handling his his affairs and how he's speaking on things because it's misleading and 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 when you have when you have misleading ways of going about what you're doing um things can get a little messy i mean we saw what happened with ben roethlisberger and antonio brown um and how that all kind of started you know, festering and bubbling up and then turning into a real thing. And then next thing you know, uh, you know, Antonio Brown is is leaving. So, you know, I don't I don't know what he's speaking of in particular of Pickens, but it sounds as though they have a good lock on it. They've had these conversations at length, it sounds like, and they're on the same page. And Pickens needs to be accountable in, in a way. Um, and and how he approaches what he's doing from from here on out because it's damaging to him more so than anything else. But he's got to also admit it's damaging to the team as well. Uh, I find it interesting about the particular block, and I don't know if I said this yesterday or not, but he actually has usually been a pretty physical blocker at the line of scrimmage. Um, so it's 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 odd that this would be a scenario where he gets called out for like lack of effort or something like that. I mean, there might be other times where you can point you know, his lack of effort out. But as a young player, you know, doing your job every play, even when the ball's not coming to you, is a big deal. You know, it takes some time for guys to learn that. When you go and look at high school and college offenses uh, in the spread, because sometimes they don't have the depth to substitute, and if they do substitute, it's pretty telling as to what the play call is. These guys at times on the outside, they're not asked to block they're asked to basically run a screen or, you know, take off or what have you. In some cases, if the run's the opposite way, like they're okay getting a breather sometimes, you know, out there with the way they end up handling that. So, you know, unfortunately there's some, at times, depending on the offenses they played at in high school and getting into college and getting into the NFL level, they can be taught some bad habits. Um, in this case, like it was hard watching the the, the tape because it, it does look like oh he's just trying to get out of the way so he doesn't get hurt, which he admitted to, and it's it's a fine, honest admission to to what took place in the play. I also feel like when he turned around, he's like oh the play's still going, and at that point he wasn't going to be able to make the block because it probably would have been a block in the back. I mean. It, it kind of felt like it, it looked like at that point the play was kind of already over. He tried to run him off like he's running a go and then didn't really you know give much effort for the block. And so, like, as a teammate, it stinks. Jalen Warren, obviously, you could tell by his response, saying that he would have blocked for him, is upset about it. I'm sure there's other players who watch it that are veteran guys that are like, that. you're not doing your job, man. And that's why we're, we're not in a better position right now. But the reality is <laughs> he's trying to save himself from getting rolled up on. It's not the first wide receiver to do it. He surely won't be the last. And 
if you asked any quarterback, like, you know, does he want his, his best wide receiver to get rolled up on? I mean, I, I don't know. The whole thing's getting blown out of proportion now, I think, because of where the Steelers are at, Bingo. sitting in last place in the AFC North. If they were in first place, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And it's also because I think people— Antonio Brown. And people think there's flashes of that. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I would say this, though. It, first off, George Pickens is a tremendous talent. But at some point, if you are frustrated and you think there's similarities to a past player who, mind you, is a Hall of Fame player, you know you have to sit there and say to yourself, well, who's to blame, him or us? Because ultimately, we made the decision to, after going through that, pick a guy who's maybe got some of those same qualities. Like again, like you can blame them all you want, but like it's your job as an organization, and I know there's some organizations who are better than this than others, to taking them them in and helping to mold them. I, I know we were like, hey, they're pros; they should be able to figure this out on their own. But a lot of these guys are still really young, and they're still figuring out like how to be a professional, how to be you know an adult with everything that's being thrown their way. And and the, there's some organizations that are better at helping players do that than others. And to a lesser degree, Chase Claypool had some issues there as well too, to where there were some people like, uh, he's not, you know, uh, we got to move on at some point. You know, Deontay Johnson has been frustrated. It, this just feels like. People have seen George Pickens show frustration before or go to social media, and now they're just expecting for the entire roof to cave in. Like, like that's what it feels like. But, I mean, he, he is really talented, and the fact that they're willing to be this patient with him, I think is probably an indication that Mike Tomlin's like, I'm not giving up on this guy. Well, he said that. Yeah. He said that this isn't a one-conversation deal. So he's he's telling you everything that you need to know. The question is, is does Pickens want to be – accountable and and work on himself that's just ultimately what it's going to come down to because i just don't get i don't get from mike tomlin that he isn't a genuine person about his players 22 years old and people expect him to be 35 and have have everything buttoned up guys 22 years old i was bussing tables at 22 years old i'll say this one of the most enlightening things was when pete carroll talked about and he tried to educate his players on things like he's like you know the brain really on average doesn't you know, stop developing or isn't like done maturing and developing to about 25. He's like, your brain is still growing and changing until 25. And he, he brought, you know, some, some research and stuff. And he kind of talked about it. And I remember thinking to myself, it's interesting. Like we, how we, as a society, we like we pick and choose when we want science to matter. And in that instance, I'm like, man, if your brain's not done developing until 25, we should probably push back a lot of big time decisions to 25 like like we should probably allow all of ourselves on average the opportunity to at least get to a point in our lives where we feel like mentally we're to a spot where we feel like we can make a more sound decision based on our time and life experience etc and and that's why i i do look at a lot of you know young players in the nfl and i know we try to be hard on him hard on them for different reasons but there's also an element of they're still growing they're still maturing and just because they're getting paid a lot of money for it because they've been deemed talented enough to, that doesn't mean they're, they're going to make good decisions more often than not. So, it, you know, it's tough. You still got to protect them from themselves a lot of times. Yeah, well, listen, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wouldn't worry about it. Probably not going to win another game this year. Uh, now we just move on to the next season. Uh, that's, where, uh, that's where we're at when it comes to Pittsburgh. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Right now, it is a Thursday tradition unlike any other. It is Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, also lead content strategist. You can get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. AB, what's happening? Good morning. What's up, guys? Good Um, morning. So, got to ask you, there's been some rumblings that maybe, you know, Arthur Smith, the seat could be a little warmer than some people thought even as of a week ago based on their performance against the Carolina Panthers. So if he were to return, and we threw out this possibility earlier this week, could Justin Fields make some sense at quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons next year? Yeah, I mean, I think that they'll be looking at a lot of different things. I, you know, what's interesting about it, guys, is like conceptually I don't disagree with what Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have done there, which – you know, basically they've they they've, they've resolved like that. Um, if they're not all in on a quarterback, they're not going to go all in on a quarterback. Like they don't they wanted to avoid you know a Daniel Jones or a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo type of contract. And 
Um, you know, the whole idea over the last three years was to build the roster up, right? Like, and be patient at quarterback. And, um, you know, the irony of it now is like that you have built the roster up, but what you tried to avoid doing, which was pigeonholing yourselves into a single offseason to go get one, because that one's not always going to be available to you. Like, that's happened now. Where they're, I mean, assuming those guys survive, and I think they will. Um, but assuming those guys survive, they're going to be pigeonholed into the 2024 offseason to go and find one. And they're probably going to have to do it without having a top 10 pick, which I think is going to make for a really interesting offseason. And, you know, I, I could see them um, potentially trading for someone like Justin Fields. I just can't see that being the only thing they do, right? Like, I, I can't see them putting all their eggs in that one basket. But I certainly could see a scenario where they, they pull multiple levers and one of those levers is Justin Fields. Can I ask you this, Albert? Who ultimately is responsible for the situation they're in at quarterback? Because it feels like if Arthur Smith gets fired, it's a byproduct of not necessarily his own doing, but the fact that they haven't really had a quarterback or done anything. I mean, that would be the tough part about trying to evaluate this team and this roster is he's obviously trying to get a quarterback in there that can get them wins and, and play to the best of their ability in the system. Uh, but he keeps, you know, switching between Ritter and Heineke, and it's just—it's been kind of a back and forth thing. So, how do you yep. hold Smith accountable if you're going to fire him when they haven't had that position figured out? Well, because it, part of it is, you know, it's been—he's been a part of that plan. You know what I mean? So you're, you're you're not firing him for not succeeding with Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke or last year Marcus Mariota. Um, what you'd be firing him for is you'd be firing him for for the plan. And I, I don't, again, like conceptually, I sort of agree with the plan. You know, like I, I, I think, and, and, and this is the way a number of teams did this last offseason. Tampa was one of them. Washington was one of them. Um, you know, I think Tampa's the one where it really kind of worked, right? Like, but those three teams basically made the decision, you know, we're not going to go wild and do something stupid at quarterback. We'll be conservative. We'll tread water. And we'll we'll spend our we'll, we'll spend our resources everywhere else, and try to build the rest of our roster up. And um, you know the, the 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 concept of it, Brady, was like sort of what happened in the NBA, where there was a time where like every NBA team had a guy in a max contract on their on on, on their on their books. And um, the reality was always that there weren't that many of that level of player out there. Sort of the same thing has happened at quarterback, you know where. Um, you know, the, the highest paid guy was always the next guy. And you had guys who were great players getting paid at the top of the market, but you also had guys who were just good players getting paid at the top of the market. And so the whole idea was to avoid that. So conceptually, I sort of agree with them. You know, like that the worst thing is that you get like, you, 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 you tie yourself to the 12th or 15th best quarterback in the league, you overpay him, and then you're stuck. Um, the problem is they haven't found a guy that, they, that they're ready to go all in on. And, you know, again, now, like, they'll, they'll probably have to do it this offseason if they, those guys survive. And, um, you know, I, if you put yourself in a position where you draft Christian Ponder 12th overall, you know what I mean? Like where you're sort of manufacturing something that's not there. That's what they were trying to avoid by not going all in on anyone over the first three years of the plan. And now in the fourth year, they might actually have to do something like that. A.B., I'm going to keep it on the coaching train. And yep. and on that that topic, you you touched on, I think one of your 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 titles. The could there be a split between the Steelers 
and Mike Tomlin. Is yep. is that is that a real is that turning into a real conversation? How real is that? I think that's I, I think that's going to be as real as other teams are creative about maybe making a run of them. Um, you know, I think what you could have, and, and this is how I would see it happening, is there's another team that's sitting there now and ready to fire their coach or has fired their coach, the Panthers, the Commanders, the Chargers, the Raiders, you know, whoever it is. Um, and they're saying to themselves, we're not wild about the group of coaches that are out there, the assistant coaches that are available right now. So what can we do creatively? Well, why don't we pick up the phone and call Pittsburgh? And, you know, then you say, okay, like, well, would, would you guys be interested in moving Mike Tomlin? Would Mike, Mike Tomlin be interested in coming here? And that sort of forces a discussion, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you're in a situation where it's like, okay, like if you're the Steelers, he's been there 17 years. The team's not in the best place it's been over the last 17 years. And you have that discussion with Mike where it's like, okay, like, you know, this team came and called us. Because I think you owe it to him to at least tell them that, 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 that the call came in. And where does that discussion lead? So I think that that's how something like that could happen. I don't think he's getting fired. Uh, but I do think if you look at it, like, he's been there now two years longer than Bill Cowher was there, which is crazy to think. Um, you know, like, do you look at, like, the effort issues they've had the last few weeks? You know, with Deontay Johnson against the Bengals, with George Pickens this last week against the Colts, how flat they've looked the last three weeks with so much on the line, how the quarterback's coming along. Um, is it possible that Art Rooney and, and Mike Tomlin get into a room and, you know, they just decide it's time because some other team came and made that call and said, would this be something that would be possible? Um, I certainly think that it's something that could happen. Um, and again, like that's going to sort of depend on the aggressiveness and the creativity of another team to make that call. But I mean, look, like there's two of the two of the teams I mentioned, right? Like Washington with Josh Harris and, and Carolina with David Tepper have minority owners who or have guys who are minority owners of the Steelers, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, Harris was Harris is a minority owner, um, you know, very recently and. And Tepper was one before that, you know. And so both those guys, um, you know, obviously admire the Steelers. They also have relationships with Rooney to make that call and have sort of seen inside what sort of difference Tomlin can make. So, you know, I don't think it's out of the question that one of those guys makes that phone call. And um, after the year they've had, it wouldn't totally shock me if, if, if Rooney and Tomlin have a very real conversation about where they're at. Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Albert what are you hearing on the Jim Harbaugh front with potential NFL interest? Yeah, I, I think he's, his, um, there's no question that he has, um, has unfinished business in the league and has felt that way since leaving the league. And you know, I think over the last couple of years, um, you know, I think, he, I, I, I think he was very, very serious about the Vikings, about the Broncos. Like when the Broncos circled back to him, or when he circled back to the Broncos last year, um, you know, like, that, that, I mean, that was real, you know? And so, like, I, I think, you know, for him, you know, looking at where he's at, he's got, I think it's 44 seniors, right? At Michigan, a great team there. He's done a great job building the program up. Um, he's probably losing his quarterback after this year. The NCAA sanctions are coming. The NCAA is going to be up as you know what, probably over the course of the off season. And he dealt with two separate suspensions. This feels like the natural time to, you know, try to make a run at getting an NFL job. And so, 
the Chargers, the Raiders, the I mean, the the, the Bears potentially. There are teams that he has natural connections to. He played for the Chargers. He worked for the Raiders. He played for the Bears. Um, you know, the Chargers look like a, a ready-made situation where somebody can come in and 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 make something happen right away. Um, I think he's going to explore all of it after after the college football playoff is over for Michigan, whether that's January first or January eighth. Um, yeah, Albert, I bet you'd love to see Jim Harbaugh take an NFL job, given <laughs> how uh, it's worked out for Ohio State the past few years. No big deal. Yeah, I, lo- um, I, I, I loved having him around three years ago, but not maybe not as much anymore. <laughs> uh, actually, it's longer than that. Remember, you guys didn't play in the COVID years, so oh, it actually geez. be like five years ago. But no big deal. Um, I, I, I do want to uh, do well, want it was to ask fun you. To watch him duck. It was fun to watch them duck. I don't know what you're talking about. What during during the global pandemic that was COVID? Is that what you're saying? I'm just, I, don't know, I don't know that it was safe back then. Um, we, uh, we 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 do need to discuss the Jets because look, Rogers isn't coming back this year. Uh, obviously, they're not in the playoffs. Is this one where Woody Johnson kicks the can down the road and says, "I don't need to make any changes," or was this season? kind of a disaster in some ways enough where there might be some changes not saying it's gonna be robert sala but maybe something's gonna change this offseason i feel like usually in years like this there's gonna be someone who takes the brunt of what what took place yeah and you know brady it's a great question i don't think um you know i i so i think the general manager is probably safe like i think joe douglas is probably safe because the roster is actually pretty good now they're gonna have to go fix their tackle situation but I mean, I, I can tell you, like, ownership had a, had a say in them not taking an offensive lineman a couple of years ago when they had the chance to. So I don't know how much of that you put at Joe Douglas's feet. I don't know how – the backup quarterback situation is obviously something we can debate, um, and that is, you know, that, that is something that falls in, in, under, under Joe's purview. So, um, But I think Joe Douglas survives. I think Robert Sala survives. I mean, the defensive coordinator, the defense is good. So I don't think Jeff Albrook is any, in any jeopardy. And the one guy you might look at would be Nathaniel Hackett, but that's that's Aaron's guy. You know what I mean? So, like, I I don't know where the changes are going to come. If I mean, presuming again that Aaron sticks it, sticks to his word and he's coming back, like, yeah, I mean, I think that these guys are going to get another shot at it in 2024 because I, I I think there was a great feeling in the building in July and August and September about where they were headed and where they could take everything. And, um, you know, I think they found some things out. They need, you know, another offensive lineman or two. They need, they need some depth at quarterback, um, just in case, you know, but, um, but, 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 but I think based on where they were, you know, on September 10th, going into that opener on September 11th, um, I think the feelings were so good then that it's, they, they, I don't think the ownership, I don't think ownership's going to have a ton of reservations about the idea of like hitting reset and saying, okay, we're going to try that one more time. My last question would would be looking at Dallas right now. Obviously, you want to bring up Dallas because they're a big big team. What is uh, what's the latest news out of Dallas after you know kind of the little setback that they've had? Yeah, I think everybody thinks the sky is falling with the Cowboys because they play in the big stage every week. whenever anything goes wrong, right? Like, so um, I don't know that it's time to panic. I I know there's a home road disparity, and I think there's definitely questions you can ask about their ability um, to go on the road in January and win in the elements. You know, I mean, if, if they've got to go to Philadelphia, 
in, in January, that could be problematic for them. But I, I don't know that we like learned a ton about the Cowboys that we didn't already know in that game against Buffalo. It wasn't their day, um, and Dak didn't play great. Um, but on balance, Dak has had like an MVP level year. Um, they're still really good on the lines of scrimmage. Um, they've still got you know good depth in the back end of their defense. Like I, I don't know that like there was anything that you looked at like in that Buffalo game where you're like, aha, there it is. Like they're done. You know what I mean? Like it's. I think there was some stuff that we knew um, was possible, um, and I think um, you know the way that you know Buffalo was able to get to Dak was an issue, of course. Like, and I think that that Buffalo defensive front deserves a ton of credit. But with the offensive line Dallas has, I don't think that that's going to be something that's going to be like a huge problem going forward. So um, I look at it as more of a blip. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, Philly's lost three straight. You know, Buffalo looked awful for about like two months and came back from it. So, again, I know because it's the Cowboys who make a big deal out of it, but I don't think it's anything more than a, that's been a bad week for them. Get him on Twitter at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, also lead content strategist. Albert, Merry Christmas to you and the family. Enjoy it, and we'll do it again next week. Merry All Christmas, right, Merry, Christmas yeah, Merry Christmas, Bob. Yeah. Brady, go, Brady, go Bucks, Brady, go Bucks, Al. Brady, Brady, you know the you know the truth. They did duck us in 2020. Damn right. <laughs> hey, I'm just glad you guys got Jeremiah Smith. That was getting a little dicey there for a second, huh? Yesterday. Well, hey, I mean the negotiations. I, I, I I'm just amazed at like. I remember when I was in college, and we had this uh, we had this corner who wound up going in the first round. When I was a freshman, it was a big deal to all of us that he got like this handicap placard so he could park right in front of the dorm. Right? <laughs> we thought like that was the wildest thing ever. Right? Like, and now you have like kids like driving to their signing day and like playing for DC, so. <laughs> well, Hey, look! All I can say is some collectives can close and some can't. You know, I was just saying maybe maybe that's, that's right. We got we, for you we guys. Got, we got we got closers over here, Brady. That's right. I, I don't know that you do. I think that was part of the issue. You guys uh, had a little competition there. So. We we closed it out though, didn't we? I mean, uh, what, I don't know. I think so. We'll Brady see you throwing jabs. They going to send you on your way to Christmas with some jabs. Where was Notre Dame in the, in the class rankings? Like, when, when I looked that up. Ooh, uh, returning the jabs. Is, all, bang, bang. all of our guys were signed bang. at 10 a.m. Eastern. We didn't have to worry bang. about uh, all that. And we, mm. look, we, we, we got time. out of portal. You trying to say Ohio State maybe, maybe players guys, aren't maybe, on time? Maybe you, guys, maybe you guys need to do a little more swinging for the fences than Brady. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. What's the quarterback situation look like next year, Al? <laughs> Goodbye. Merry Dang. Christmas. Damn. Dang. Bye, right. Albert. Oh, Cold I, wasn't I wasn't expecting that. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, Cold All right. Gifts. All right. Good night. We'll see you, AB. We will see Good you. Night. There he is. Uh, Albert God Breer. bless. Show's uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, AB. Like, Bye, Al. It's like, Bye, Al. Bye, Al. Like Santa Claus coming down the chimney and somebody's got a revolver in his face. Albert's like, geez, just came here to do an interview and he got uh, got sideswiped there. Mm. So, hey, truth hurts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.